Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, living the eternal way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that is familiar to many today as meaning oneness, union, or unity, and it refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. So yoga is abiding in the conscious awareness of our true self. It is self-realization, knowing our spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. Today's topic is self-inquiry for joyful living every day, and we're going to take a look at how to how to find some practical ways to discover peace, joy, and happiness and well-being in every moment. And um, to do this, we have the a special blessing of um, a Taoist uh, guest, uh, Derek Lin, who's going to um, shine some light from the tradition of Taoism, and we'll see how Taoism and yoga come together. Derek serves as director of Tao Studies at the Great Tao Foundation of America in El Monte, California. He was born in Taiwan, and he's fluent in both Chinese and English, so his background allows him to convey Taoist teachings to a Western audience in a way that is clear, simple, and authentic. Derek is the author of several award-winning books, The Tao of Daily Life, The Tao of Success, The Tao of Joy Every Day. It's one we're going to be looking at today as a 365 
um, reflections uh, each day, contemplating how to bring more awareness into your daily life. And um, underlying all that is his translation, too, of the Tao Te Ching with his commentary. You can find out more about Derek and his work at DerekLynn.com. That's D-E-R-E-K-L-I-N.com. Welcome, Derek. I'm so delighted you could join us today for the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much. It is such a great honor for me to be here. And before we begin our conversation, we're going to take just a moment to meditate. As we intentionally pause for a moment now to reflect upon our essential nature, one reality called by many names that is the support and the substance of all that is, that is both seen and unseen, right where we are, this divine essence is present. Everyone is everything within us, around us, between us. So, just simply expand our awareness. Tuned in to that which is ever present beyond the grasp. Thank you. 
we begin um, exploring the Tao and the practice of self-inquiry in uh, both Taoism and yoga and how it can contribute to bringing more um, peace and happiness and clarity into our lives. I've been offering a series of programs on the eight limbs of Patanjali's uh, Yoga Sutra, Ashtanga Yoga. And one of those limbs is the practice that is called Swadhyaya, or spiritual study, or self-inquiry. It, it is often study of scripture, but it is also self-inquiry, self-reflection, exploring the nature of reality itself, our own experience, our own mind, and being aware of how spiritual principles are at work in our life. In order to have um, spiritual principle work, we have to really be the witness. We have to be the explorer. We have to take a look at what we are observing in Derek's uh, latest book, The Tao of Joy Every Day, 365 Days of Tao Living, is particularly well-suited for this topic because it has one page uh, for each day of the year that is designed to encourage spiritual learning, practice, and reflection. So before we get into the discussion about study, let's sort of move back a little bit. And Derek, it would be lovely to have you talk to our listeners about um, if you can, speak about the Tao and uh, just about Taoism. Um, let's begin there. Sure. And, and by the way, the, the guided meditation was, was beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Mm, thank you. The, the term Tao, uh, which the, the ancient Chinese or modern Chinese pronounce with a D sound, uh, it, it simply means the path. Um, it's uh, one important thing is to know that when we talk about the path, uh, just as it is in English, we can, we can be speaking to, you know, the way of the world, the way of existence, etc., or the way of one's life. And this is the same sense that the ancients used uh, for the term. And they were also very specific in denoting that when they talk about the Tao, they were only using a label that it could be it could be addressed by any number of other labels as well. And if some people prefer the divine, God, reality, the ultimate, these were all perfectly acceptable labels to the ancients. So it's the path. It's the mm-hmm. path of uh, and it applies to everything. It applies to certainly applies to yoga. The Tao of yoga would be the path uh, that people who study uh, yoga practices uh, will pursue. So, mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. term. Yes, and, and I, I have also, of course, heard it spoken of as the way, um, which is a very similar word, of course, um, to the, the path. And um, your your translation of the Tao Te Ching, Tao Te Ching is very inspiring, and I, I like that it has your uh, commentary along with it that you know can really help the student to um, to meditate uh, on these these terms that 
you know, on the surface, you could just read right by, you know, but when you really look into it, it, it opens, you know, just like a flower. And uh, so it's, it's lovely that you have also then written these other books that help us move more deeply into um, practice. And so tell us a little bit about your, your latest book, this, uh, The Tao of Joy, and, you know, maybe what, how that came about for you. Yeah, well, it, it began, the genesis of this particular book uh, was from a discussion that I had with my publisher. Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, very blessed to have a wonderful uh, editor-in-chief, uh, Joe Fultino, uh, who is at the Penguin Group, and he himself, you know, is, uh, is someone who is very deeply spiritual. And one of the things that he brought up was that you know, there hasn't been a book like this, one page per day, uh, in the last couple of decades in, in the Tao genre. So, you know, one thing that uh, he pointed out was that, you know, perhaps the reason why there hasn't been a book like this is because it's a, it's a great challenge uh, for writers. To, it's, it's one thing to write about a particular topic, but to come up with something that is fresh and interesting and a different take than, you know, all previous days, you know, I think uh, many people after writing 20 or so pages would find <laughs> themselves, you know, at risk of repeating themselves. <laughs> but it's a good thing that the Tao is inexhaustible, Derek, <laughs> because... It is the infinite source, <laughs> And it is, and it is true. I mean, I, I, I'm joking a little bit, but of course, I'm I'm pointing uh, to the truth that when we do align ourselves with that, when we open ourselves to that um, mystery of mysteries, um, there there is uh, an abundance of inspiration that. Uh, can come forth. There's certainly no shortage of it. But of course, you know, it, it requires um, practice on, on our part um, to make ourselves available um, to that inspiration and, and to, that, to that guidance um, in, in daily life. You know, I have, um, you know, for many, many years been um, a reader, and I, I guess I would say a fan of uh, Taoism. You know, it has been um, a support for my practice of yoga uh, along the way. You know, I find many points of convergence. Um, you know, both um, traditions are about waking up, you know, becoming more aware, and they, they both also allow for reality to be both uh, transcendent and eminent, and and point us to being able to hold that, you know, tension, if you will, You're sort of understanding that there is this always the greater that is beyond, and then there is the eminent, you know, right uh, where we are. Um, Have you experienced um, that people from different religious or spiritual traditions um, can benefit from this Tao cultivation without losing sight of their their own roots? You know, I think that's the beauty of it, uh, because the, in an authentic practice of the Tao, it is considered just to be a generic term that, that applies to everything. 
So, you know, people from all different paths, uh, I think, can benefit from it. And, you know, the, the practice that is required uh, that you pointed out is so important in the DAO as well. Uh, something like, uh, I, you know, when I look around in, in our Western society and in the exposure that we have to the ancient practice of the DAO, I, I do see occasionally the miscommunication from uh, some authors that will say, you don't need to do anything. You just have to relax and let it happen and so forth. And I, I see where they're coming from because, you know, our, our lives are so frantic. We all need to relax a little more. But at the same time, like the practice of yoga, it is critical, it is essential to the ancients that there be some kind of a spiritual practice. Um, a certain discipline is necessary in order for us to, as you say, prepare ourselves to tune in uh, to the Tao, to the reality, you know, to that which lies beyond, to that, that which is behind everything. Yeah, that that the spiritual study in um, is of course one of the key elements, um, and it's what we're we're taking a look at today. Um, and looking at your book, for example, you know the practice of simply having um, a, a focused moment, you know, as you begin your day with a time of silent sitting meditation, and then reflecting on um, a passage from scripture something that is uplifting and begins to um, start, set the tone for the day, you know, of connecting us with something greater than just being, you know, like a a rat jumping into the maze (laughs) of the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling well. (laughs) That one page a day, uh, you know, I guess my... My own motivation is to make the Tao as easily accessible to as many people as possible. So that seems like a, a great way uh, to get into it, just, uh, just a few minutes a day. Mm. And just the encouragement and the support to and kind of step back um, from the, the activity, from the busyness. And when we step back, we kind of step in to our own um, greater And so we're going to step back for a moment now and take a break. And when we come back, um, we'll look more at this practice of spiritual study, um, how to reflect each day in a way that helps us discover more joy and peace in our lives. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Derek Lynn. His website is DerekLynn.com. We'll be right back with you in just a moment. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. He's the most talked about figure in history. 
How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there, and we hope you join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm slash cruise. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by author and Taoist teacher Derek Lynn, the author of the new book, The Tao of Joy, Every Day, 365 Days of Tao Living. And I've been um, exploring this book as a kind of tool that um, can be used for starting the day with a moment of uh, reflection and spiritual study and yoga, what is called swadhyaya, this practice of um, contemplation, looking at scripture, exploring the nature of reality, and of course, observing um our own mind and consciousness, asking those important questions, you know, what am I, um, as well as observing how spiritual principle works in life. You know, most of us are interested in learning how to live well, and the world's spiritual traditions offer helpful teachings uh, about this. So, in this segment, we're going to look at how the Tao and yoga approach uh, spiritual learning, the type of learning that um, helps us lead a satisfying, joyful life. So, Derek, let's begin with you. Um, what about your spiritual practice from Taoism? You know, how do you um, 
learn to live a more joyful life? Oh, well, there are, you know, quite a few things in that mindful awareness of which you speak is an important part of it, and that's something that we can, we can have all the time. But as far as um, specific practice, um, perhaps a more meditative practice, uh, there are several things that I do, and I'd be very happy to delve into any one of them. Um, the Chinese have a practice uh, breathing exercises, uh, cultivating the, the inner energy, uh, qigong. So that's something that I engage in myself. So it, it's, a, uh, it's a type of yoga. Um, and there's also meditative practices, and people often ask, you know, how frequently do you practice uh, meditation, how, how many times do you practice uh, per week, and, and so forth. And what, what I do is a, perhaps a little bit different. I enjoy the sitting meditation, uh, especially if I can find people who are, you know, on the same mental wavelength. Practicing sitting meditation in a group can be wonderful and powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is also there is also meditation. You know, we talk about the yin and yang, which can represent you know stillness versus a dynamic quality. So the complement to the sitting meditation would be meditative practices that are accompanying motion. So one can, for instance, do walking meditation. Uh, that's something that that can also be very enjoyable as well as a very helpful practice. And I also do meditative writing, which I, I want to recommend to everyone as well. So oh, those are yeah. sort of a quick summary of the things that I, that I do myself. Oh, thank you so much. And um, bringing in the element of writing is um, really helpful, uh, especially when we're thinking about um, study. And I, I just want to mention that the approach of study, I, and I... I can't really speak for Taoism, but I'm going to guess that it, it's similar. And Derek, you, you can correct me if not. But in yoga, you know, we have the premise that all knowledge, um, in a sense, is accessible to us because we're not separate from it. You know, right where we are, the source is. And so when we're studying, it's it's not so much um, about taking in um information as it is um, quieting the mind and becoming receptive to a deeper more pro- more profound awareness insight into the way that things are so so study has a different connotation you know than we might think of it in a mundane sense you know where, where you're studying for your exam and you're cramming and you're taking in cramming is such a great word isn't it you know you're just taking in all this stuff but in in swadhyaya in this spiritual study it's it's rather the opposite um i mean we do study scripture but we we do it more like um uh, a lever or something that that is helping us to open up our uh, deepest ability to see and to know which we um, believe is inherent that's absolutely true and you know i I like the way you describe this this infinite um, source without limits um, what I often tell a lot of people is that when you understand how to tap into it, 
uh, in that state, there's no such thing as writer's block. Because there's a, a torrent of, um, you know, creativity coming at you, and the problem isn't to find something to write about. The problem is to try to jot down all the great stuff that's coming through as fast as you possibly can and try to try to catch up with it. So it's the opposite problem. It's a problem of uh, great abundance. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's exactly as you're saying, describing that it's not taken in. Rather, it's quieting the mind so you can listen to what is already out there. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a tension that that goes along with that um, as well in the sense that um, uh, you know I think sometimes people get confused a little bit um, and, and the ego can take over you know like I know <laughs> um, but it's not it's not that there's a there's uh, the importance of humility. Um, it's a quality of really opening ourselves um, to the mystery that is it's beyond ego, um, it's beyond our thinking mind, but it inspires um, the thinking mind. You know, if we learn how to become quiet and uh, receptive to it. And um, so I think, you know, there are several elements, you know, as you mentioned in the last segment, Derek, the importance of daily, um, regular meditative practices where we learn how to be quiet, where we learn how to be receptive and open, whether we're sitting or walking, just having, incorporating that into our lives and into our day. And then having this attitude of receptivity um, to that which is, in a sense, it's beyond ego, but we are not separate from it. And, um, you know, one of the um, inspirations that I have found so much in reading the Tao Te Ching is, is to develop trust. Trust in yourself, trust in life, trust in the timing of things. Talk to us a little bit about that, Derek, in, in terms of how we how we study our lives. You know how how we're engaged in it and and develop this trust. Absolutely, and some of these themes are wonderfully tied together. Um, you know, the more you acquire your mind, the more you get in touch with your inner self, the more you learn to trust it. And someone who has perfected this practice uh, emanates, radiates this this inner joy. Uh, so the way that we talk about a daily practice, I think, is particularly important. And, you know, I remember it sort of recalls to mind this great pianist who talks about his own personal daily practice at the piano. And what he says is that if he doesn't practice for one day, he knows. If he doesn't practice for two days, the critics know. If he doesn't practice for three days, the audience knows. So it is the same with a spiritual practice. Uh, some people are more like a on-again, off-again, I'll practice when I feel like practicing type of uh, mentality. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm the person who will say that what is actually pretty important to keep up with a daily practice Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have to be arduous. It doesn't have to be long and involved. 
but it's something that has to be done, you know, on, on a very sort of a routine basis, then you develop the spiritual habits. It doesn't even feel like work. It feels like you are just engaging in the most joyous part, you know, of yourself so that you can share that joy uh, with yeah. other people. That's a beautiful description. You know, certainly I find if there are times when, um, you know, my life becomes too involved, you know, travel or something in which I miss my practice, my schedule is off, I I can, I feel um, less uh, alive, <laughs> you know, like just sort of caught up in activity and um, not... <clears throat> so able to really rest in that stillness, even while I'm in the midst of, you know, uh, engaging in things. Your your point about steadfast um, practice is, is so useful. And I, I think I'd, I'd like to read um, from your book, if I may. You have a selection. Oh, uh, Excuse me, please. on day, uh, day 173, <laughs> called Diligence. <laughs> Um, there are those who feel that the concept of diligence does not fit the relaxed, non-action mindset where you let everything flow naturally. Some of them are quite certain that any talk of diligent practice must be contrary to the Tao. This is not the case. The Tao Te Ching states that when higher people hear of the Tao, they practice it diligently. Higher people in this context refers to those who have attained higher levels of wisdom. So it's quite clear that the diligence, that diligence has a prominent place in the Tao teachings. It may seem as if the sages are speaking against diligence when they talk about strife, but the two are not the same. <clears throat> strife is the expenditure of straining effort for poor results. Diligence, on the other hand, is simply the discipline to progress in a purposeful direction with consistency. Diligence, on the other hand, is simply the discipline to progress in a purposeful direction with consistency. In the journey of a thousand miles, strife would be running yourself ragged after only a few miles. Diligence would be taking one step after another without stopping, but also without the frantic rush. The body may be in motion, but the mind is perfectly relaxed as it enjoys the journey. This is the real meaning of diligence in the Tao. That is really lovely and really um, taps into, you know, what it's, what it's like to have uh, a steadfast diligence uh, in our spiritual practice. Uh, yes, and, and thank you so much for that. Uh, as I'm listening into it, uh, it's a little bit strange for me because I know I wrote it, but as I'm <laughs> yeah. hearing it, I'm like, you know, wow, who wrote that? Oh, <laughs> I know. I've had that experience too. Sometimes I'll <clears throat> I'll write something, I'll put it aside, I forget that I wrote it, I'll come to it and I'll think, wow, that's really great. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think you know. Hopefully, it is it is the experience that you know with openness. You know, we do have the the blessing of tapping into something um, that is more universal, that is higher. You know, that is beyond um, that is beyond the self. Um, we have just um, just a, a moment before we go uh, to the break, and um, as that has to do with timing, let's let's touch just for a moment on trusting the timing of things. Can can you speak to that, Derek? 
Well, you know, I believe everything happens at the right time and that there is a reason, there is a purpose behind everything. So, and, and life uh, is all about that. It's all about the, this great choreography, um, everything happening at exactly the right moment to bring you to this, this present moment, which is perfect. So if you think about all of your personal triumphs, all the good things that have happened in the past, but also all the setbacks, everything that did not quite go your way, the sum total of all of that, every moment, every second, every minute that has already elapsed, it brings you to the here and now. And as the present is perfect, we have to come to the realization, I think, that everything that happened before, all the things that we enjoyed, all the little victories, as well as all the things we did not enjoy so much, they were all crucial ingredients to bring us to the now. Mm. And there's there's certainly um, such a different uh, quality uh, to our life and our being when we have a sense of trusting um, that that there is always, you know, in yoga I would call it, you know, a divine grace or divine unfoldment that is continually occurring. Um, and then we also say, you know, the way of nature, you know, so that we are not only nature um, as the natural world, but, but our own nature, um, that when we act in harmony with it, um, we we have this quality of being able to walk through life in a way that we have the awareness that everything is, we say, unfolding in divine order. And the quality of our life that comes with that is so different <laughs> from the mindset, you know, that things are not okay, right? You know, this shouldn't be happening, that shouldn't be happening. Um, there's there's a, a profound grace that comes from, even if you're just imagining, even if you don't even believe it, just to start opening to the possibility that everything is occurring in the right time and in the right order of things. That's very powerful, isn't it? Um, you know, absolutely. And plus, I want to suggest uh, to everyone listening that if there's something happening that uh, is, uh, uh, is a difficult trial and you feel like it shouldn't be happening, I would like everyone to, at that moment, just take a pause and become the observer, become the watcher, and come to the realization that, well... Just, just as it is with all diversity in life, this experience is a test. What is going to be my response to this particular turn of events? That, that response is, is what life is made of. Mm, absolutely. How, how can I be with this? And then, of course, you know, what is with, with yoga and also in Taoism, we understand that everything in the physical, everything that we can see... Um, is going to change. And so, you know, part of being able to hold that greater awareness in times of difficulty is understanding that however it is right now, it is not going to stay that way because it's not its nature um, to remain um, 
you know, just one way. It will continue to evolve and to change. And so um, speaking of change, we're going to change for a moment now and uh, go to the break. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Derek Lynn. You can find out more about uh, Derek's writings on the Tao at Derek Lynn, D-E-R-E-K-L-I-N dot com. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. And coming up in our last segment, we're going to talk about some benefits that are gained from spiritual study, from the lessons that we learn. We'll be right back with you. What I desire for myself, I desire for all beings. There is only one presence and one power at work in the universe. As I align myself with this truth, I set in motion ripples of peace, harmony, and abundance throughout the world. In a quiet time of prayer, I center my thoughts on the perfect peace within me. There is no lack, no separation, only the wholeness of peace. I affirm aloud... I am peace. You are peace. We are peace. I rest for a moment, feeling my heart expand as peace radiates from me. I envision a world in which all beings live in harmony, free from lack, free from violence, and at peace. One by one, each of us creates this peace for all. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Derek Lynn. Derek's website is dereklynn.com. 
And as we conclude this morning, we're going to um, take a look at what life looks like as we um, more deeply embrace self-inquiry or spiritual study as a daily practice. Um, What are some of the benefits that we might expect to enjoy from Diligence, as uh, I was reading from Derek's book in the last segment, a steadfast study, inquiry, um, practice. So, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the benefits already. Um, certainly there's, um, you know, I feel when I'm able to start my day with the daily meditation and spiritual study combined, it's a beautiful combination. And um, I do want to say, though, that... Um, there's a little temptation, at least um, in my experience, and I, and I think I've heard this from others too, to let a study, you know, reading, contemplation, writing, take over the time of silent sitting. You know, we, we, we tend to um, be doers in this Western culture, and so we want to be careful to keep it in the right balance so it's useful to read a little bit, you know, and to reflect. Paramahansa Yogananda in our tradition said, you know, um, to read a little, um, meditate more, and think of God all the time. So it's just a beautiful prescription for, you know, how to live every day, you know, with a little bit of study, a little bit of reading, and then more silence, (laughs) and then during the day staying open to this divine uh, reality. So, uh, Derek, what would you point us to as, as some of the benefits that, that one experiences when with having that right balance of uh, practice of silence, uh, breathing, um, study, and reflection? What I notice again and again is that People invariably gain a composure when they become immersed in a spiritual practice. And I also notice a, a beautiful, slight smile that people have, you know, and, and it comes from that sense of composure, that perception, that ability to detach yourself from the frantic presence and become the observer to say, hey, what's going on right now? And this is. This is kind of interesting. And (laughs) perception also extends to, you know, other aspects of life where you can just look at the world and notice the incredible beauty that's that's everywhere. That makes you go, wow, hey, how come I haven't noticed all of this before? Mm, That reminds me, you have, speaking of beauty, you have a beautiful reading in your book called, uh, on on day 42, of Beauty Everywhere. So I'm going to share that with our readers now. Uh, One powerful effect of Tao cultivation is that more and more you are able to look at everything through the eyes of the Tao. When this happens, you will suddenly see much more that is good, already present everywhere you look. Those who have experienced this know that it can be overwhelming in a positive way. It's not about things like the sunset or rainbow that are already considered beautiful by everyone. It's about tremendous beauty in the most commonplace and 
ordinary places. Look at the crinkle of someone's smiling eyes. Look at the fascinating patterns in the clouds. Look at the symmetrical design in a leaf. There's so much beauty in existence that no human mind can possibly contain it all. There is something behind all this. We can never see it, but if we close our eyes, we can sense its presence. We can never hear it, but if we remain quiet, it whisper. its whispers will resonate silently. It is telling us without words that everything is exactly as it should be, and the beauty we see is the reflection of the beauty within all of us. So, you know, to start the day... Uh, with that kind of reminder, of course, is so is so helpful um, to kind of set the tone for understanding that we can look more deeply by being more present, which means you know not being so absorbed in thought, not racing into the future. But staying where we are, breathing, looking deeply, and in yoga we would say remembering, which I don't mean by thought, I mean abiding in our essential nature. Uh, Yes, and you know, along with that, I think a great reminder for everyone is that although in the Western world we all have a tendency to be, you know, go, go, go. Uh, full speed ahead, etc. Uh, the realization is that no matter how much you wish to rush into the future, all of us will be proceeding at the same rate of one second per second as we head into that future together. <laughs> yeah, and the quality of, of how we do it um, is is that makes all the difference, doesn't it? You, you've written, think of yourself not as a warrior battling against chaos, but as a spiritual surfer with a metaphysical surfboard. So that that's lovely, you know, just to think of, you know, being right where we are with this kind of grace and uh, flexibility and ability to just abide um, in the center of the circle, really, um, yeah, so I want to mention there that the ancient sages did not know anything about surfing. They uh, did not have surfboards in ancient China. Um, <laughs> however, they they did um, use what they knew uh, to describe the same idea. You know, with a surfer, you are handling this very powerful wave, but you are able to do so in a graceful way. Uh, what the ancient, ancient sages wrote about, uh, rather than surfing, was about this, this man who was able to survive in this powerful, uh, under this powerful waterfall. And he did so by, you know, working with, with, with the, the currents uh, in, in graceful fashion. So they had the, they had the right idea. And if, uh, if an ancient sage was uh, transposed through time and, you know, look at the modern practice of surfing, you know, they would probably find themselves in full agreement that this would be, you know, a great metaphor for handling frantic life. Absolutely. One of the modern sages in yoga, uh, Swami Satchidananda, was quoted as saying, you know, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. And, uh, 
you know, that is certainly the way that it is. You know, uh, life is continually unfolding and changing and our spiritual practice, our daily practice helps us be able to live at the calm center of our being while everything is moving and changing. You know, if you if you just live long enough, you know, with enough awareness, you can observe that, and that brings you know some quality of peace. You know, this this too will change, right? But um, there's a there's another way even beyond that to live that we've been pointing to this morning, which is accessing um, uh, really the joy that is within us, and I and I don't mean. Um, uh, you know, like um, a humorous kind of joy so much or, you know, but but as a contentment, um, a quality of, of deep abiding happiness that is available uh, to us. It's a deeper kind of joy, not a superficial happiness. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't come and go and it's there for us even when times are difficult. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't feel grief or you know that we never have a worry, but we we understand and know from our experience that there's always this consciousness that we can return to that is our our true nature that it doesn't change and it endures, you know, all the coming uh, and going. And um, you have also shared in your, um, in your book that, you know, you know, that this, this way of the Tao is not, it's surrendered, but it's not passive. Um, this is one of the paradoxes, right? That, you know, yeah. you know, as we, as we come to touch this uh, power within us, we also find a great creativity and uh, an ability to make a positive contribution to life. Uh, yes, and I want to point out that the other great book um, of the Tao, uh, other than the Tao Te Ching, is the I Ching, and this is what uh, some people uh, recognize as I Ching or I Ching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I Ching, the other important book, uh, one thing to know is that it predates the Tao Te Ching by a couple thousand years, 2,300 years. So it's, it's very ancient. And the other big thing to know is that Jing, like it is in Tao Te Ching, is a classic. It's a book that's been elevated to the status of a classic. E, the first character there, it means change, which is why people talk about the I Ching as the book of changes. So think about how more than 2,000 years before the Tao Te Ching, there was a great classic on the nature of change, on the nature of transience. And more than that, it's also about the nature of not just being tranquil, not just being still, but also a dynamic quality, a quality of movement, motion, action, excitement, you know, making things happen. And the two complement one another. So there's dynamism in stillness and stillness in dynamism. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, you know, is a central truth uh, for all of us that we want to embody both aspects of that duality. 
Absolutely. And the wisdom of the Tao and yoga um, helps us understand that we can and should be aware of both. It's been a joy to share this yoga hour with you uh, this morning. Thank you, Derek, for joining me. And again, for more information about Derek's work and his publications, visit DerekLynn.com. Join us next week in the Yoga Hour with special guests Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen, authors of Divine Duality, The Power of Reconciliation Between Women and Men. And to register for the upcoming Live the Eternal Way course, um, go to csecenter.org. That's going to be offered globally online. I look forward to being with you next time. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Keys to Freedom, a path to metaphysical recovery, takes an expanded view of the concept of recovery, unifying universal spiritual teachings, and the 12-step process in a powerful hour of discussion, process, and transformation. In life, we have challenges that are beyond the realm of simple dependence, divorce, child abuse, unhealthy relationships, eating disorders, teenage bullying, the loss of a loved one as well as addictions of all kinds. The 12 Keys to Freedom offers a path to wholeness by using a technology developed by Esther Nicholson, an agape spiritual practitioner, educator, world-renowned vocalist, and former addict. Her life story exemplifies the realization of wholeness from conditions of the most challenging kind. 12 Keys to Freedom takes us on a path from powerlessness to empowerment, moving to a realization of our inherent God-given wholeness, no matter who we are, what we have done, or how challenging our life experience has been. Join Esther Nicholson each Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time for 12 Keys to Freedom, a path to metaphysical recovery, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, 
I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now in the silence to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 